blessing me for everything that you bless me with. They tried to see me now, but we well. Jesus! Oh, this Swiss Beast talking on a Just Blaze track. Rick Ross on the poetry. Hey, Just, this religious. Goddamn it, Just Blaze! Surviving our Kelly Regis to Pedophiles. Try to feed all my niggas and spread the chat around. Got a castle in Cali. What's going on? Welcome to the All American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain. I am the leader. I am the legend of all things you see. All American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida. 305 Miami-Dade County in the good old U.S. of A. Big time. I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to this record. Port of Miami from Rick Ross. Port of Miami 2. Port of Miami 2 from Rick Ross coming out the 9th. It drops the 9th of August. Today is August. Today is really August 7th. So, uh, yeah. But you're going to hear this August 8th. August 8th. Was it Wednesday, August 8th, 2019? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Christian coming back. Uh, another episode of the All American Chelsea podcast. And today we are joined by my brother, Nini FC, from the legendary Blue Lions TV. And uh, we had a fantastic conversation. I asked Nini a ton of questions uh, to get us ready, to get us hyped, to get us motivated for the start of the Premier League and the official start of the brand new football season for 2019-2020 under the Chelsea legend Frank Lampard in his first year as official top flight manager of uh, of our legendary club Chelsea FC and we get into it man we get into it I ask him a ton of questions uh basically um what he thinks is going to go on for the season and uh let me address something right here right now it is 2:58 p.m. On Tuesday, we recorded, we started talking this morning at 7 and change. And this is all my time. You know, I'm in Miami, Florida. That's on East Coast time in the United States. You guys, you know, I'm not the world's greatest mathematician. I just know that England is five hours ahead. So if you guys are listening to this abroad, try to figure out the timeline for yourself. However, so we recorded we started talking we started recording the podcast uh seven o'clock whatever 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 um then i go to work i take the phone call it's nini again we're talking chit-chatting he and i are friends no big deal i hang up the phone i look at my phone and I'm starting to see the reports that David Luiz has stayed out of training because due to game time, due to this, that, or the other, blah, blah, blah. So by the time you hear this, it's going to be transfer deadline. Today's Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. Is today Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. You're, it's going to be transfer deadline day tomorrow. 
So by the time you hear this, it's very, 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 very possible that David Luiz will be uh, playing for Arsenal. He'll be the starting center back for Arsenal um, in a unbelievable turn of events. Everything was going so well and it all went to shit. Um, all the news is very new, is very fresh. So that is the breaking news. Um at this moment at this point in time i don't know what it is or it will won't be by the time you guys hear this i have i can honestly tell you yes i have conversations behind the scenes that no i will not tell you who what where when or why on who i speak to but i do speak to people and everybody consistently across the board is in shock about this information so i other than that other than shock i can't tell you anything else because as of right now i don't know anything else that's all i know um so go figure we all will sit back and learn and it's very very funny that during the podcast uh some point during the podcast towards the end i think of the podcast whatever there's a point in the podcast i think towards the end of it that Nini and I talk for a good 20 minutes about David Luiz singing his praises on how he's a fantastic center back for Chelsea Football Club. And irony would have it, fate would have it, that there's a really good chance, a very good chance that he won't be playing for Chelsea Football Club less than 24 hours of when we were gassing him and hyping him up and singing his praises. Football's a weird, very weird thing, man. Football is not so cut and dry like we, like us supporters, um, make it out to be, man. There's nuance. There's shades of gray. There's black and white when it comes to this game, and quite frankly, it's what makes this game so beautiful. Um, but it also is what makes this game so painful is that shit happens shit happens on a turn of a dime one second it's all you know sunshine and rainbows and the next second is doom and gloom man things happen even when i hear things i hear things at seven o'clock in the morning and then you know at eight o'clock in the you know an hour later eight o'clock in the afternoon you know in the morning eight o'clock at night eight o'clock in the morning you know there's a new detail there's a new wrinkle to what i heard in the morning so um so i just wanted to get that out there the breaking news um before we get into the podcast before you think you know like what the hell is going on so yeah we definitely talk about david Luiz, but it's not like you think we do <laughs> so uh if we only had a crystal ball then if we only were recording uh at that moment in time that would have been some interesting podcast that would have been next level shit but you know it can't be uh but don't worry guys i can tell you that there has been more conversations and let's just say i can't say anything but exciting stuff is on the horizon all right so um what else man what else what else as you heard i started the podcast off with rick ross um I can't wait for Port of Miami too. I can't wait. It's going to be from what I heard. I think yesterday was it yesterday. I heard uh, another song, which is uh, Turnpike Ike. Fantastic. Rick Ross is kept definitely killing the game. Definitely killing the game when it comes to. I think what he's had always from day one is beat selection. Rick Ross always has fire beats. He always has the right beat selection. And um, he definitely knows 
what he's doing and I, I think that's the downfall of a lot of rappers you just don't have the beat selection whether that's because they are not working with the right producers or they just have a shitty ear there's always i mean nas nas is famous everybody talks about how nas has terrible beats and songs because his beat selection his selection is trash and i agree one that's one of the things that i hold over nas when it comes to the competition between jay-z or nas who's the greatest rapper who's the better rapper between the two of them one of the points i put in jay's corner is that he has phenomenal beat selection which in turns which in turn means that he has great songs because the beat is just as good i mean just as important you know as important i wouldn't say just okay so i would say the beat is about 45 percent the lyrics are 55 percent and some split like that so did i do my math right there yeah it had to be did i do my math right there i take yeah gonna question me think i am anyways so yep also some more exciting news i've been reaching out to different uh twitter accounts different uh influencers within the football space and i'm happy to say that there's going to be different names uh there's going to be different um different people interesting people from all different other clubs that we're going to be talking to on the podcast that's going to be phenomenal and i can't wait man a lot of exciting things i'm going to keep this uh portion of the podcast short because this is a long one man i think nina and i kicked it for like an hour and a half recording let alone the two hours that we spoke after the podcast the one hour that we spoke before uh the podcast and you know the hours that we put in uh speaking to one another since thursday so i wasn't jerking your chain guys i wasn't you know lying to you that uh that he and i have been having conversations it's just that you know out of the 10 hours we speak we only dedicated an hour and a half to put it out for the public so i'll talk to you guys on the back end um enjoy the podcast man enjoy the podcast everybody put it up i'm um, put it up put your hands together and give it up for the legendary my brother uh a man that definitely i would not be speaking to you if it wasn't for him he's a big reason why i'm speaking to you um now give it up for my friend nini fc everybody this is the man that everybody wants to hear from my brother some people might even call him we're twins brothers from another mother but what cannot be debated absolute general members uh, leaders of the gap tooth gang <laughs> gap tooth gang representer nini fc welcome <laughs> to the all american chelsea podcast gang 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 gap tooth gang of course of course and obviously for guys who are lucky enough to have a gap tooth you, you know already know why it's important you know how it helps you out in your life obviously keep it undisclosed keep it a secret but you know the power of a gap tooth bro i absolutely. know you know the power absolutely do. exactly listen exactly. to all you young guys all i'm saying all you young guys with a gap tooth embrace it 
exactly and you utilize and it utilize it it is a tool to help you succeed and it's a tool to put <laughs> smiles on faces <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly. Especially your partner's face. Most importantly, hey, 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 your hey. partner's face. What are you doing, man? You can't be. That's a little bit too much <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, of, yeah. of a, a bit secret. Too much now. Yeah, you course, can't just turn it down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Listen, guys. Yeah. Just embrace it, my brother. How are you today? Bro, honestly, I'm good. I'm happy that I'm on here. Obviously, but we talk a lot. For you guys that don't know, we've got a friendship. You know, we talk a lot outside. We have these epic phone call conversations. <laughs> Obviously, we turn into like girls. It is really bad. You know, we're on the phone for two hours. So, um, obviously, it's good. Uh, we, we always share an idea is very similar, very good guy. And, of course, very good content. So obviously, when my brother tells me to come on, it's just about when and where, basically. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. People don't believe me. They're like, oh, you're always lying that he's going to come on. I was like, yo, no, like seriously, we recorded the other day. I mean, we, we spoke the other day for a couple hours. And by the time everything, you know, by the time um, I look up, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. But I, you know, like I, I can't like we can't always record the podcast. So um, and then we schedule it for another day. It's always... It's always an issue, not an issue, but it's always an oh, by the way. But here we are, my man. We are finally recording. We're finally getting the answers out of Nini that you yes. guys, um, you guys have w- want to know. So, Nini, this is uh, we're, we're kind of doing to get ready for the Premier League season to get ready for Chelsea football. The start of the uh, of, of the of the actual season where it really counts now. I mean, Chelsea's playing Manchester United this Sunday, eleven thirty my time, which would mm-hmm. be what three thirty your time, right? I'm not yeah, the best at math. Yeah, um, three thirty your time. Frank Lampard, Chelsea legend, takes on Oli. I, I swear to God, I can't say his name. Oligar, <laughs> Solskjaer, uh at Manchester United. Two former players going head to head. Did they? Wait a minute. They played against each other. They were pros against um, you. I'm, I know sure. Oli was in the, the late day, 90s, right? For yeah, United. Late Some... 90s, you know, Frank was playing for West Ham during the late 90s as well. I'd assume they have. Yeah. They played together. Yeah. I, I would mean, assume against so. each other, I mean. Against yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely Makes right. Sense. Makes yeah, sense. Makes sense. I'm good. not sure. Leave that up to the other Chelsea historians, you know, uh, to, yeah, to. care about details like that. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let them figure that out. <laughs> All right, so that's it this Sunday. It's the real deal. It starts counting. No more of this, you know, well, it's only the preseason. That I know I've said it. Um, I know others have said it that, yeah, don't worry about it. It's the preseason. Now nah, 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 it's not. Now it counts. Yeah. Serious now. Serious no. time now. 100%. And I think, you know, against uh, Man United, it's a great test. And I think maybe, you know, at first we were kind of a bit skeptical with thinking, you know, against United, Lampard's here to play in a game of this magnitude so early. People might think, you know what, I prefer Lampard to play against easier teams so the team can the team can grow and build before they start facing against, you know, tough opposition. But, you know, if you get this win against Man United, that could be the confidence boost that this team needs to really have a great start to the season. Because, you know, if you get this win against United, it basically means that, yes, 
number one, Lampard is the correct manager. Two, the players are performing and they believe in the system as well. And three, and most importantly, fans should take some real confidence from the display and have some optimism uh, going, you know, towards the the future for this season because we know how cynical this fan base can be. We know how negative <laughs> this fan base can be. Yep. So it'll be great to, you know, shut down a lot of that negativity from the start by getting that win against Man United in Old Trafford in their hometown. Wow with a young Chelsea team. That's what I want to see. And I feel like, you know what? We could get this win against United. I do too. I do too because if you... If... if The thing that we have on our side here is a little bit of unpredictability. Um, yeah. With, surprise factor. Yeah, there's a definitely surprise a, a massive surprise factor that, you know, nobody, this is Frank Lampard's first test in the Premier League which can go either way let's not let's not let's not uh let's not you know kid ourselves here that this is a step up in competition a massive step up between the champion uh, the Champions League between the championship and the Premier League and the dogs are barking not this podcast can never go on i swear to god without some sort of interruption some sort of interruption happening so um so it definitely is a step up in the uh level of competition so it can go either way we can sit here and have the unpredictability of frank lampard play into our hands where nobody knows what he's gonna do and we can also have it go into frank lampard has no idea what to do and it blows up in our face but i'm confident because you know there's from what i've seen in the preseason i'm confident and and and, and let's face it like this team is pretty it's pretty similar to what we not i wouldn't say similar because it's meaning the same but exactly the same but similar to we already know what we we, for the most part where we're going to get with this team it's just going to come down the differences are going to come down in tactics so it's not like we are starting with a brand new team with 11 brand new guys. We still have Kepa yeah. and goal. We still relatively have the same defense where if Frank chooses, he could start Christensen and David Luiz. We already seen that pairing before. We already know what we're going to get for the most part from Emerson and Aspie. It's just moving forward into the attack where you have questions, but you yeah. know, we already kind of know what this team is going to look like. So it's going to come down to the tactics and that play that's why I'm optimistic because I know kind of what I'm going to get here and add to the factor of the unpredictability of the tactics. I'm confident this Sunday. Yeah. Same. I feel confident too. I mean, there's been so many reasons as to why I think tactically the team look very accomplished. I think they look like they know what they're doing. And um, I think uh, that factor really goes uh, down very well because uh, of Frank Lampard. And I said that completely wrong. I don't know why I constructed my words like that. <laughs> it happens sometimes, the word woman comes out. But I mean, with how we're creating opportunities, that's a big deal. Yeah. That really is. And for this season, my prediction is the goals are going to get spread out more evenly. I think midfield is going to be key for goals. I know Mason will get 10 goals minimum. Be curious to see if Barkley does the same thing. Um, I think when Ruben's back, I mean, the guy, I mean, last season when he was barely playing, I mean, the stats he was producing from that little game time was yeah. insane. And then we realized that Hudson-Odoi is going to get goals from the left-hand side 
Pulisic will get a few. William and Pedro, I mean, they get at least minimum seven, eight goals a season each. We're going to get goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll take all our chances this season because it's a young team. Experience comes into play when it comes to scoring. But I think that we're a team that will know how to create chances. And I think that's what's going to really excite me the most because for me, this season is like another foundation here in that sense where we're going to see the beginnings of how a young team are going to grow and develop alongside each other. And I think it's going to be an exciting journey to see. Like I'm getting flashbacks of when guys like Terry Lampard, Goody Onsen were like in a similar situation back in the day. You know, I get that same vibe for this season. And um, one one thing I'm hoping for out of anything, not even uh, you know getting a top four finish or getting a trophy. My main thing is you know hopefully fans know what it means to be a fan again. Football these days is about that consumer mindset, you know? It's about winning at all costs, instant gratification. No one cares about how you get there. Uh, you know, all you want is the result. But it's not like that in football. It can't, it's not like that in sport. Thank you. You know, this is why it's romanticized. This is why you have an emotional connection to sport. And I, and I kind of feel as if, you know, are people's emotional connections to, the, to football as strong as they used to be? Or has all this money stuff and everything really just like screwed everything? And I'm hoping come the end of this season, once you've seen like these kids who've come from the academy, kids that have been here since they were eight years old, all their dreams of being is to play for this club, represent us, dreams finally coming true. I'm just hoping that the fans are going to be on point this season, support them, not have goes at young players if their form is going down a little bit or whatever, whatever, and, you know, do what fans are supposed to do, basically. I'm hoping the same thing too, man. Like, uh, at least from the fan base, I think we should enjoy. I I know for me, I don't want to speak for the whole fan base. It's going to be. It's going to be fush. Make no mistake about it. I expect this team to struggle. I expect this team to have growing pains. Um, the likes that we've haven't seen in recent years. Um, I expect like that's why I know I know I said it on this podcast a thousand times and I've said it yeah. uh, in other places in other conversations that my eye will not be on the table at all mm-hmm. yeah. looking for Chelsea I'm not that's not my focus my eye will f- for the I wouldn't say for the first time but it would for the majority of the time will be on what I see between the lines exactly. um, on the field and that's for me that's the title race right there is what are we doing for next year how are these guys getting on how are these guys playing how is how is frank lampart uh uh you know guiding and molding this team so that's necessary that's where i'm looking and focusing all my energy not necessarily the table because you know anything anything outside at least for me anything outside of relegation is a win it's three points uh hold on everybody one second i need to take this phone call hold on jose que, que volá que volá jose estoy voy a estar ahí más o menos a las nueve y pico estoy, todavía estoy grabando ok no 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 hable con él Ok, ok, bueno, no es necesario decirle que, que voy a estar ahí a las nueve y pico, pero... Ok, ok, alright, alright, bye.
Sorry, everybody. I had to uh, check in with the office to let them know what time I was going to be there. Had to flex a little bit of the the, the Spanish. Um, and once again, I had to interrupt the podcast uh, because that's what we do here. We never have a smooth and clear podcast. So, but anyways, so what I was saying is, it, anything outside of relegation is is a win um, because. <sighs> As long as we are building for the future, as long as Frank is looking at our striker position and going, okay, Tammy, uh, uh, Mishi, Giroud are going to or not going to or can do this, cannot do this. And then next year, when we do have a transfer budget, when we are able to sign players, I should say, when we are able to sign players, not necessarily have a transfer budget, when we are able to sign players and register players to be correct, They'll, he'll know exactly, or the, the club, the board, whoever's involved, will know exactly the players that we need to move forward exactly. for us to excel. You exactly. know, yeah. I, I've said it a thousand times on the show, and I will continue to say it. The board, on the other hand, the club, and anybody else receiving a single penny as a paycheck, a salary from Chelsea Football Club need to be thinking, how can we finish first in the Premier League this year? How can we win the Champions League trophy this year? How can we win the FA Cup? How can we win the Carabao Cup? How can we win the FA Youth Cup? The women, any, this team, anybody that gets paid by the club needs to be thinking, how can this club be excellent? and be first in everything that's what they need to be thinking what us in my opinion supporters need to be thinking is uh managing our expectations and yeah. how can we uh how can we be elite next season because exactly that's where we're at right now so yeah exactly um i, I mean we could type of like you know we could uh hypothesize areas we may need to strengthen um i think it's quite easy to do that i'm, I'm looking at guys like alonso who really oh, Pedro. are they going to be here forever they're really not and if they do go naturally you're going to need replacements for them so so yeah. i mean uh you know the club will know what they need to do i'm not going to be surprised that come uh january we've made at least one or two pre-agreements for the summer yeah, because I mean, every Spanish team is doing that. It makes sense, and uh, yeah, that's I the right business. The same thing. Yeah, right business. That's right the right business. business. Well. You know, yeah. pre agreements with players. It gives you breathing room. Gives you time. These transfer negotiations. I would assume that they take at least you know at, at, at least a year to set up or whatever to first take, get you know get your accounting in order in-house and then be able to negotiate payment terms that takes time man and you know it which which is the reason why as supporters we get pissed off to hear that you know transfer deadline in is is tomorrow thursday you know what's the what's the time limit what, what's the end of day I don't hear you. <laughs> you hit mute again. Oh, sorry, sorry. You, uh, you wanted me to reply. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, like, it's the uh, end of day Thursday. Like, it's like it's like I swear it's like five or six p.m. Something like that. Yeah, my head's yeah, yeah five or six p.m. You know, you know what it is though. Obviously, we haven't had a transfer market 
so my investment in the window this year <laughs> has not been as strong. So when I'm on the timeline, I'm seeing crazy stuff like, oh, Tottenham making a double move for Coutinho and Dybala. I'm just like scratching my head like, huh? Yeah. You're like, you know what I mean? So what you're saying is you're no, nobody's going to see you on Sky Sports dressed as a banana <laughs> out front uh, of Stanford Bridge or Cobham, <laughs> you know, like pointing a microphone at the... No, you, you're, what you're saying is that's not going to happen? Not this year. Not this year. Maybe next season. And you know, I, I know that you're upset that you couldn't bust out the, the banana suit this season. Uh <laughs> but you know what, Nini, you're gonna have to keep that one, you know, in uh, under wraps, folded up in the dresser. Uh or what you what do you wait a minute, this, I've never asked this question. Do you guys call it a dresser where you fold your clothes and put it away? That's what we call it. I call it a wardrobe. A wardrobe. Is that the, obviously you Americans just like freestyle every British word for no reason. You know, it's like you, you have to have your own words just because it's like we're American and it's like we, we split from you guys. So we do things our way now. You call it you call it wardrobe. We call it dresser. You know yeah, what I mean? That's what you put. I mean, that's what I've always known. That was taught to me by people who learned English as their second language. Uh, a dresser, you know. So I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know what it, well, I mean, the formal word is armoire, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, only on the All-American Chelsea podcast will you learn um, English and football. So, like, the banana suit's away. But anyways, so, um, shit, where were we going with? I, well, you know what? It felt natural to lead into the first question. Yeah. The future of the midfield. I've had an, a crazy idea, um that's kind of just bubbled up yeah uh over the last couple of days and i feel like i wouldn't surprise me if other people are thinking this but nobody is actually saying it don't i don't want anybody to quote me as you know wanting this to happen but i wouldn't okay. be surprised if it does happen i'm very interested to see what happens with angolo conte because mm. it wouldn't surprise me if next summer he's sold I think if Kante was to ever get sold, I think it's mostly going to come down to Kante wanting to leave and then how much money we'd get for him. You know, I, I'd imagine Real Madrid would look at a Kante for yep. next season because they're midfield. Casmero, I mean, people really gassed him up purely because he was like the only defensive midfielder alongside guys like Modric and Cruz. So yeah, you're going to look better regardless because you're representing Real Madrid. But that doesn't technically mean that he's as good as what people thought he was. And I think what Madrid need now is legs in midfield. Would not be surprised if Angolo Kante was like, you know what, we need to pay, pay like 150 mil to get this guy. And who knows what might happen as the season progresses because I do think that, uh, I think it's the same thing for all fans. Midfield is going to be a real difficult one for Lampard. Yeah. You've got guys like Ross. Which is a good now. thing. Which is a good thing because we have a ton yeah, it, of it, talent it is, in the it's, midfield. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it is it's good, good and bad. It's negatives too. Because yeah. obviously, um, you know, after a while, there's only so many times you can promise a player game time or, or gas them to keep their motivations high until, you know, it, it naturally goes. And um, when you consider Cover, Jorginho, uh, Barkley, Mason and Kansay and then Ruben coming back. I mean, I think we've got a top midfield and um, I mean, Bakayoko and Drinkwater still are on the team too. I so I mean, be here for too long though. but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And um, what did you just do there? A, what did you yeah. just do there? Did I mean, I mean, transfer deadline hasn't happened yet. Did you, 
Are you having secret conversations behind the, the public side? The, 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 uh, do you know something or are you just assuming? Right now, it's just an assumption. Okay. I haven't asked. I mean, when it's come to Baka, it's been a, a weird one because it looked like he was he was off. dead set to go. Yeah. Prior to Germain, like, it was happening. I mean, he. I know for a fact that he told teammates uh, during preseason that it's going to come, that it was going to happen. Yeah. And then I think Paris and Germain had reservations afterwards. You know, so um, okay. it's a bit of a difficult one because I get why Bakayoko is not going to put. 110% into preseason because the last thing you want to do is, is get hurt. any small knock to ruin you. I mean, your agent's going to tell you that the club, I'm sure, would even encourage him not to get too crazy as well. But then, um, yeah, this is one thing that this club suffers with all the time. You know, when you keep signing these overpriced players and then expecting to get all your money back for them, what ends up happening is, you know, clubs start playing you around because they know that, listen, if we always leave it to last minute, we're more likely to get the deal we want compared to what, uh, you know, Chelsea wants. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Baka leaving uh, before the chance window does end. But, um, you know, we've ruined any hopes of getting 35, 40 million for him. I think when you've got players like that, you have to accept a loss in that sense. And I think that with Bakayoko, his market value has really fallen a lot. You were hoping that Milan would have really boosted it. Listen, it didn't boost it too high, but it still made clubs aware that, you know what, he can still provide something. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going to Zafia in the end. I know that Zafia have had long-term interest in him for a while. And, you know, they're the type of club that can, that can transform you. I mean, you know, you look at guys like Enzonzi, for example. Steven Enzonzi. Baka could have a similar transformation because I thought Enzonzi was quite similar to how Baka was now. But now Enzonzi is very good on the ball and he can help start attacks and build the plays and stuff. Baka's not really about that life just yet, but... You know, playing consistently in a team that plays good football is only going to improve you. Absolutely. Um, I, I again, I keep saying this. I said it on the last podcast. I'm very. There's somebody that's in the building for Chelsea that um, I think. I'm very interested to see if that connection is is made again, and that's um, Makaleli with Bakayoko. Um, there's a interview that I've seen a bunch. I've, I've seen it on YouTube where Maka is talking about the talents of uh, Bakayoko and his issues, his ups and downs when they were both at Monaco uh, with uh, Maka Lely being a manager or a trainer or whatever he, his role was over there. And I mean, it's no secret that Bakayoko showed his best work at Monaco, so I'm very interested to see if if uh, any sort of you know connection, if they tap into that. Uh, I'm very interested, um, yeah. because I mean, if you think about it, if his best work was done under Makaleli, and Makaleli is now in the building, and they do work together, and they still nothing can happen, no sparks can come of that. Then he, yeah, for yeah. sure he's done. Then for sure yeah, he's yeah. done. Yeah, it's so, over then. Yeah, so I'm very interested. Um, you mentioned two players. You mentioned Ruben and Kova. When Ruben comes back from injury, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about the first day he's able to train. We're talking about when both, when Ruben is theoretically yeah. at or as close as he can be to 100%. That's probably the move there, right? Ruben plays deep lying or... Uh, and you know, in the Kova position over Kovacic, like, or do you think he takes? Uh, he, I mean, 
to me his skill set is further up the pitch but what do you what do you think happens there um, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Ruben uh, in the pivot because during the academy days is is what he was doing before already. So mm. it's not really new for him. And I and I'm hoping this season a lot of fans will realise just how multifaceted our players are because purely because of the education they receive from the club. It's at a very elite level. You know, we're one of the best academies on this planet. Say it again. Say that again. For the people in the back that didn't hear you, (laughs) say that again. We are one of the best academies on this planet. We are. I know, you know, some people may think, oh, if we're so good, Nini, then why aren't we using more of them? Football is not as simple as that. Like, if people think that all you have to do is just be talented and that's enough, you're clearly mistaken. No industry works like that. So, um, yeah, people need to accept that these guys are at a much higher level than what we actually think. They're able to play different positions. Ruben would easily slot into a pivot midfield because from there he'd have the license to break forward and attack from deep. Because the thing is with guys like Ruben, when they attack, they're better, you know, carrying the ball into the final third, you know, making that run to get there. Not... You know, instead of like, let's say, being like 20 yards away from the opposition goal in that area between the lines, that he's better at attacking from the halfway line hmm. to get in that area. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, this is why I would compliment athlete. him playing in that role. But uh, I think, again, when Ruben comes, it's going to be another selection headache. But for me, and, I th- and I'm hoping it's going to be the case for most of the fans, the guy's a guaranteed first-team midfield player based on how he ended the season last year for us. I haven't seen someone stand out and just really just look so good and comfortable playing since Eden Hazard. And this is why throughout the end of last season, I kept talking about how Ruben's taken on this talismanic role that Hazard had. Like, you know, you know, like when you're a fan, you always wait for the ball to go to Hazard because you're thinking, okay, Hazard. He still plays for Chelsea. You know that, right? (laughs) Of course, of course. I'm just saying, just, I don't want you to think that, you know, you're speaking like if he doesn't play for us anymore, he, (laughs) he still plays for Chelsea. He still plays for Chelsea. You know that I I get messages because I, especially this Sunday, I'm going to put, you know, when the 11 comes down and be like, Okay, guys, this is inside a little bit inside baseball. I've been kind of lightly trolling Twitter by saying that, you know, it's good that Frank is keeping Hazard out of the 11. He doesn't need to get hurt for the preseason and meaningless league game. People message me. You're such an idiot. He just plays for me on Madrid. What yeah. are you doing? Why don't you? <laughs> so this Sunday and for the rest of the season, I will continue lightly trolling lightly. It's a joke. I don't want to. I'm not fully committed to this. Yeah, like, like It's a light joke. Good luck with that, though. The internet. <laughs> you know how old jokes go these days, you know? I will continue. I'm gonna be, hmm. I don't understand why Frank hasn't included uh, Eden in the starting 11. <laughs> Real talk, man. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what I was saying. You know, obviously. Yeah, no, you're right. Ruben you're right. Took over that talismanic role. He was. He became the player that you just couldn't wait until he received the ball. He made something magical happen. He was always very positive from an attacking point of view, and you know the contract he received reflects how the club view him. Yeah. You know, it's for a while now. He's been one of the best trainers 
So it's no surprise now that they've realised, you know what, we think that this guy is reaching his potential. He's starting to unlock it right now. So um, when he gets back, he needs to be first seen. I'm thinking of a pivot of Ruben and Kante. I mean, it, it could, but I mean, I really think you need Jorginho in there. Yeah. But oh, this is such a great that, problem to have. A diamond, because I think that you need a Mason Mount in the team as well. Jesus. Or are we going to be um, uh, a, a midfield three team? And, and maybe we can say in the base. I mean, it's not as if he's terrible technically, but he couldn't do something like that. And I'm and I'm assuming Lampard would focus the, the balls out. Why? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think with the Jorginho in the base, that's always going to help you play out from anything. He's going to help find players in good positions. Yep. I mean, you play with like books of books players like a Mount and a, and a, and a Ruben. Jorginho has become even more important for guys like that. Like, I remember when Lampard used to play with guys like Maka and Mikel. It was the same thing, you know. But yeah, those guys aren't going to play amazing passes through balls from like 50 yards over the top or like eye the needle stuff. But that's not their game. Their game is to do that around the halfway line. And, you know, if, if you're finding Ruben in a sick position where he's lost his man and he's in a position where once he receives the ball, he can turn and then beat two more men. This is why I, why I think Jorginho becomes important. So um, I think midfield is going to be just rotated heavily throughout this season. I think there's just so much quality that it would be crazy to just stick to using three throughout the season because I think yeah. there's too much now it wouldn't last and the squad wouldn't be happy for it yeah I mean if you just look at look at the look at look at how we're just speaking about what we're going to do in the midfield imagine Frank imagine Frank yeah. when he has to sit down and he has these names to pull from what do I do with N'Golo Conte yeah one of the best ball winning midfielders on planet earth if not the best right yeah what are his strengths and weaknesses? What do I do with Jorginho, a man that can, you know, be the general on the field to make the whole thing go? Yeah. What do I do with Ruben Loftus-Cheek? A guy that, a, an athlete, a man that can take on people and just, he, he's just a man, a boss yeah. in the midfield. What do I do with the preseason MVP? Uh, Ross the Boss Barkley. I mean, here's the thing. What do I do with Mason Mount? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I, I do think that um, there needs to be levels of things, you know, just, just because someone's form is on point doesn't mean that their form should overplace someone true. who's just a better player. And true, I, I true, think it's true. safe to assume that Ruben is better than Barkley. I, I, do, do you think that's a safe yeah. judgment to make? Or do you think maybe there's like blurred lines in between? Or um, I think that... <sighs> See, the thing is that we're, we're seeing a different Ross Barkley. I mean, a lot of people to go back to his Everton days. Again, I'm always the first one to raise my hand. My focus, a majority of the time, I only watch Chelsea football. And yeah. unless and I and, and unless we're playing, you know, unless there's a big game like it, you know, when City is playing Liverpool, I'm watching. Yeah. When I see on my time, I, I see on a, a notification that a, a team that's battling for, rele you know, to stay to, to not be relegated is winning or is beating a, a, a top table team, I'll tune in for that. So yeah. my memory of how well Ross Barkley played at Everton is hazy, but I do remember he was a different type of player compared to what we're seeing, what yeah, we saw like a, under Conte. 
Yeah, he's been a, a he's cap. an attacking midfielder, yeah. a center attacking midfielder. So I do remember that he played different. What we saw under Conte the little bit, what we saw for the majority of of uh, sorry uh, of Barkley under Sarri's time was not the player that we saw at Everton. So now yeah. this preseason, I I'm seeing a different Barkley from what I saw in his last two seasons. So yeah, so, yeah I, I respect that too. I do, and I, I agree. so I don't yeah. know. I yeah. I honestly I. I I don't know if, in fact, he is better. I can't say this. Who's the better athlete? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Who's the guy? Who's, who's got a better first touch? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Who, Who, who's better at being his man? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Who's more likely to score a goal? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And who's more likely to beat a press? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's just and, the and better that, player. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I think that's the type of quality that you just can't overlook because, you know, you've got to think if you had Ross Barkley, let's say you had like some computer system, you know, you've mm-hmm. got one team that has Ross Barkley playing every game to the end of the season. Another uh, one where Ruben's playing every game to the end of the season. I'm sure you'll see noticeable improvements from the team Ruben's playing in compared mm-hmm. to Ross. And, and, and it's not a disrespect to Ross. It's no, no. I, I'm, I've never been a hater. I, listen, I'm going to critique you if you're not playing well, I'll be for anyone. So, you know, it's good that Ross is on point. Except N'Golo Kante and Eden Hazard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, because then there's more. Yeah. But they set the, the standards so high yeah. that, you know, that they're, they're allowed to have one or two bad games, you know. But, well, um, my standard is, is how much I love them. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Exactly. You can have that standards. Maybe my standard might be a bit different. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, man. I think, you know, that's one thing every top team has is, yeah, is top players. Absolutely. But again, top teams need Ross Barkley's in them. No, top squads, I mean, need Ross absolutely. Barkley's in them. Guys that are constantly trying to fight to get in, yeah. but constantly ready to play and they're made available. You need those types of guys. And I'm happy that, you know, the impression I'm getting is that Lampard is going to rotate a lot more. It is going to be fairer. And, um, it is going to be good, but all I'm saying is once Ruben's back, and I know Lampard's going to be using him straight, and I mean, it, it, it's a given. Yeah. Is Ruben's once he gets back to 100%. Long. Yeah, it, 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 he's had a reputation at this club yeah. for too long that it's not going to be dismissed now that all the academy staff have senior positions at the club now. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a given for me, and um, I will become a better team for that because Ruben has that X factor that I think... Um, will benefit the team a lot basically yeah no and i think and i mean this i mean if you look at to be to give the benefit of the doubt to and you know antonio conte and to sorry um and to i mean well not so much Mourinho, but to at least those two managers if you just look at it uh time and Antonio Conte had two years, not even because one of those years he was on on loan. So yeah, did he go on loan for two years under? For, uh, Ruben never Who? played. No, Ruben. Uh, he only went on loan for. No, he was when for Conte Crystal Palace. Came, he was here. Uh huh. Second season that we were bad. Yeah, he was. He, he was at Crystal yeah. Palace. So Antonio Conte legit only had. 365 days with Ruben Loftus cheek. Uh, yeah. Sorry had legit what uh, 200 days with Ruben Loftus cheek. I'd, I'd probably say, and I'd say it'd be even because obviously, uh, even you know, okay. Sorry and Conte had, had him for a season each, basically. Okay, but so look at how, yeah, sorry, 300. So the point being yeah. 365 days, yeah, Frank Lampard 
has had Ruben Loftus-Cheek for how many years? He knows his game for how many years? But Ruben's been there since he was eight years old, something like that. Yeah. So, 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 it's only natural that Frank Lampard should should. We're assuming because, I mean, until it happens, we can only assume, should have 100% confidence in Ruben Loftus-Cheek because they have more time. Their relationship is is longer. And that's, I only say that to give us some sort of benefit to the other two, to to Conte and to Sarri. And notice I'm not giving the same benefit to Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, because (laughs) Mourinho knew yeah. about Ruben for way longer than the other two. So that's all I'm saying with that. Yeah, of course. And obviously, uh, I'd, I'd s- same energy for Conte as well. I mean, God knows what... Conte tried his hardest to ruin Ruben. I mean, uh, <laughs> from using him as like a cam to like a, a winger. winger to a striker. And yep. I mean, the pathetic thing was, was like, oh, you know, Ruben wasn't as great tactically in, in the midfield, which made sense. And the reason yeah. why he was never great tactically was because all these managers came wanting to play him out of position. Yeah. And it's just like, they weren't the, the type of guys that's like, you know what? You are going to be, I want you to play in midfield. You do need time though. Work yeah. on this, work on that. Sorry was the only manager to do that. Yeah. The only one. And this is why he'll get a lot of respect for me because he easily could have used Ruben out of position thinking, you know what? I don't have time to be teaching this guy how to do X, Y, and Z. I need a squad where players already know what they need to do, which isn't fair sometimes. And it tells you like the, the psychological, uh, the, the psychology behind, you know, the individual manager. But I, I think, you know, Ruben needed a sorry, sorry came. Ruben's got his position back in midfield now. And I think he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I just can't wait. I just see Ruben Loftus-Cheek and I just think of somebody that, and I've said it before and, you know, I'm repeating myself, but I just see an athlete, man. I see that guy. He could have picked whatever sport he wanted to be in yeah, and he would have been a pro. Like perfect, yeah, like he those guys were born the perfect like figures and stuff like they, yeah. they got a body for any sport basically he would have been know? an athlete in he could have been a basketball player if he wanted to do it too. basketball player sport, but no he could have played point guard he could have played yeah. yeah point guard he's what six foot two six foot no he's six, six foot three, three. I mean, six three yeah he's six I mean, three he's tall, like i mean you know i've mean? made the comparison before it, look at ruben loftus cheeks movement athleticism compared to race. Yeah. to compare to paul pogma they're the same size they're the same size, but you wouldn't describe. I would never describe Paul Pogba as athletic. You know, I, I think they're different though, because with Ruben's athleticism, it's about the distance running. With, with Pogba, it's about his close control in tight yes. areas. Like, yes, you know, like when you've played against people five aside, you got that one baller that's like, you know, he he can like play in very tight areas. Yes, he can like skill pass three four. Yes, that, that's yes. Pogba. But yeah. Ruben can like do that. When he runs and 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 the credit to this is credit to the plan. I'm sure we're talking about him too long. But I, I read an interview from him talking about uh, you know his game and how he's looking to develop it. And he said that one thing he really works on a lot is uh, dribbling at, at pace. You know, yes, how to beat a man not by even having to use stepovers and skills, but just by using quick feet you know, quick uh, directional movement, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like he's mastered that because, I mean, if you're 6'3", that tall and you can 
run and move that smoothly yep it means that there's a lot of practice behind and now we're seeing like the flair come now because it's yep. like he's so comfortable doing that that he can express himself now and that from when i see things like that from any player that's when i know oh, okay something special and, and i got similar vibes from frank lampard when he used to play i mean for people that might not remember when lampard first used to play for us he was good, but you didn't see that that source in his game. You know, he didn't see some of the technical superiority. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Obviously, when Mourinho came that season, we won the league. Everyone improved drastically. And it, it was from that season, Lampard just got better every single season. He was adding new things to his game. He was, his skill set was ridiculous. Like, um, Remember that one season when Ancelotti was here? He, saw, he, he scored that, like, clipped goal against Hull City. Like outside the books, must have been like twenty five yards, little ding. It's it a lot like crazy. It's a, it, like it's when the highlights. Remember that, that was yeah. that was the season I really started, but the season right before I really got into yeah. into chill. That was what two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine, man. Yeah, two thousand and nine. Thing is for that goal. The thing for that goal is was that that wasn't some spontaneous thing that was lucky. Lampard attempted that same goal how many times throughout the season. And this is what I mean by Frank Lampard. Another example, he couldn't score with his heads for anything. Yeah. As he was getting older, he started to know how to score with his head. And this, this is what I mean, constantly improving, getting comfortable, then you play with flair and you express yeah. yourself. That's what separates the very elite players from the, from the top players, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I mean, as this relates to Ruben, that guy, if there's anybody on the squad that, uh, you know, on the, t- on the team sheet that you can highlight to say, hey, keep your eye on this guy and yeah. keep your eye on this guy, not just for this game, not for this year, but keep your eye on this guy for the rest of his career. Just watch him. Let's let's see how this plays out. It's definitely Ruben Loftus Cheek, another yeah. another baller. Um, you know, from the academy, Mason Mount. Uh, going into this season, there was two players that everybody um, was war. Not I wouldn't say worried about, but held reservations on. Yeah. And that was Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic. I'm here. I for me personally, I'm not worried about those two anymore. I am not worried. I'm not saying anything that, oh, my God, they're going to be the greatest player. I'm not saying any of that. As far as worry, how uh, I have no worry about them. Will they struggle? Yes. Will they Will they have their ups and downs? Yes. But will they make it in the Premier League? Absolutely. Absolutely, they will make it in the Premier League. And absolutely, they will make it for Chelsea. We will be yeah. fine with those two. Mason Mount, baller. You have uh, anything to say about that? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Like, it's been a bit quiet then. I thought you were talking to, like, someone in the background. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Obviously, my focus is here. But, um, yeah, we, that's what I mean. Um, I think what, what what really annoyed me, though, when it came to Mason, is how people assume that he just wasn't as good. And I don't understand. You know what I think it is? Mason Mount isn't a sexy name. It's it's not a sexy name, really, is it? Mason yeah. Mount. It sounds like I don't know, like Bobby 
Smith or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's kind you know, of boring. He, he needs a Brazilian yeah. name, Mount Maisinho Mountinho. That's what his name exactly. is. Boom, a bit of sauce. He, that, he, he needs an apostrophe in his yeah. name somewhere. Yeah, Mount, I mean? Mount Mountinho. Listen, this is Mountinho. a this is it. This is it. This is a direct call out. This is we're we're giving Alex Goldberg <laughs> smoke. We're taking down Mason Mount Monday hashtags. The Mountinho hashtag is coming for your ass. No more Mason Mount Monday. It is now the movement is now Mountinho. The rebranding. That's it. It needs that rebrand because maybe then more people will put respect in his name because yes. when I see him play, I see someone technically accomplished. I see someone that that has skill to his game too. I see someone that is very positive in the final thirds. He, he, he reminds me of De Bruyne a lot. He really does because I the work rate that. is the same as De Bruyne. They work like crazy. They're the type of guys that can play those crosses uh, from the half spaces and between the lines. They're able to operate out wide if they have to. Their movement in behind, they're constantly in areas uh, to score. And I think maybe Mason's movement may be a bit better than De Bruyne's because De Bruyne's not getting... I don't see him getting 20 goals in a season. Maybe when he was younger, but now I don't see that happening anymore. I look at the brain and I see a brain. Yeah, I don't necessarily I mean. see a like a Thank like like brain, yeah yeah like I see a brain. I see a guy that's athletic enough that has movement enough to to pick you alive, but you're really getting beat by and the brain. Very high speed, so yeah. Like it's the thing. You're constantly running and finding space. I mean, you have to be a step ahead all the yeah. time. That's what. And, and I think sometimes maybe like what the average person can do is like well, this this is what I do. Whenever I like talk about players or analyze things, I always start trying like visualize actually being on the football pitch in like first person. Yeah. Trying to figure out what I would do in those situations or trying to figure out why they did certain things. Because when you do that, that's when you tend to respect the intelligence behind the plays and stuff like that. And then when you see the intelligence, you see the ability of the player. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 I try. I mean, I try to, I try to do, that's a little bit too crazy because like I try to do that and, and just like how fast these guys move, yeah. like God yeah. damn, like how fast the game is for them, how just like simple things like seeing David Luiz put that ball 60 yards a hundred yeah. like like on a rope perfectly with the perfect amount of backspin and not necessarily it would be one thing to shoot a, a like a, a six yard pass out of a cannon and it goes in yeah. the direction but to see it the trajectory to perfectly land yeah. right on the person's foot and then to to have enough weight on the pass that it's just perfect that when it gets them they can easily control, control it. it exactly easily control exactly. it and then the opposite to when the passes are terrible when they're not when when they're not necessarily perfectly on a on a, on a rope to the to the person receiving it and the person receiving it controls it as if it was perfect I, that, that's yeah. like that, that right that, there that, what you're saying was what Piersich did when Ross Barkley uh, oh those my I mean, his first God. touch was illegal you know like, <laughs> oh it, my with God. his face like at full speed I was like huh oh I, didn't, I, I knew he had great control but I didn't know it was that good I'm telling you guys right now when it comes to Christian Pulisic I said it on the last podcast I'm not, I used to say, 
before at worst he was going to be as good as william and pedro i'm saying it now that his floor his floor is above william and pedro his floor is above william pedro i'm not putting a ceiling on him i don't know i don't know but the floor can be adjusted his floor at currently is above william and pedro this guy i'm telling you we just like we spoke about what we're going to do in the midfield for me as somebody that's been watching him for years with the the u.s national team his best work is directly not directly behind but behind the striker in in the gap in between the winger and the striker behind the striker and the other gap between the the winger striker as an attacking midfielder that's for me where he does his best work and i'm telling you guys this kid can play is he going to struggle this year yes of course he's going to struggle is he going to yeah, score periods yeah, is he going to score 20 goals a season 30 goals a season no he's not going to do that he's going to yeah. be a 10 to 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 in the teens somewhere in the teens if right. he could that be good yeah uh, be fantastic good. but he's yeah. going to score somewhere in the teens uh generally sticking around let's say somewhere around 15 you know plus or minus yeah. two or three goals there whatever i know that's a huge swing but you know what i'm saying you know where i'm yeah. keep i'm molding the expectations it's gonna be somewhere around there he's guys trust me as long as he plays in the positions that he needs to play in he will be perfectly fine this kid yeah. is good this kid is good we got nothing to worry about here um we're talking with mason mount we're talking about ruben loftus cheek let's stick with the academy let's stick with the yeah. academy another person that has hype on top of hype on top of hype and excitement around their name and that is reese james there seems to be an idea and, and you and you definitely have i've mentioned it and touched on it the possibility of Aspie going back to left back and Reese James going to right back um, as soon as he's 100% ready to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, man, I'm praying that doesn't happen because I don't want to see an Aspie on the left doing nothing in the final third. And, and I'm thinking about, so this was like a, a little rumor I was hearing. And I'm just thinking from a tactical, tactical point of view, we know how important fullbacks have been. Mm-hmm. And for me, I actually think Emerson's been one of our, our best players this preseason. Mm-hmm. And last. And last. But yep. this one in particular, I'm seeing him step up a lot more now. I, yep. I, 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 why would we sacrifice the technique in that? Especially when it would boost the wingers ahead of him to have an Aspie that's going to slow the play down and play passes backwards. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how that will happen. I think that over time, as the season goes on, we'll start to see some decisions being made. We'll start to see slow integration of other players. Could be the same for Reese. I think with how Reese is, his mentality, how he plays, how he's been viewed already, I don't think it should take him too long to win a spot over Aspie. But at the same time, you're Frank Lampard. You're thinking, you know what? I need to be smart. I can't just play all the youth players immediately because yep. there's other experienced pros here that I need to have them on my side. The young players understand that there's a project happening. I'm sure that um, maybe Reese might not play every single game, but he'll play enough games where it's like he'll be ready for the following season. And I think that's a smart approach because it, you know burnout's a real thing for young guys. Yep. Let yep. them get accustomed to the league, grow. Confidence is key. You know, when you let the player come in feeling like so confident they can play their game and that's how you see the very best out of them. 
Yep, I, I um I'm excited to see this guy. I'm excited to see this guy. I, I mean, we all have seen the videos and the highlights of what he did last year for Wigan. Um, Crazy, absolute madness! What this kid was doing over there. So I'm especially excited to see what he's gonna do. Um, I'm also not concerned too much about the injury it's it's a it's an ankle injury those things tend not to be uh naggy he'll survive yeah like he he, and he's so young we have you know an incredible medical team i'm not necessarily too worried about it i actually out of him and callum hudson adore i expect him to be the closer one out of the two to a hundred percent quicker in the season than Callum Hudson than than between him and yeah. Callum Hudson Adore. I expect I expect Reese to really start, you know, coming on sometime around September, October, early, you know, like, you know, mid September, yeah. early October, where we start yeah. seeing him more frequent, um and 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 frequently closer to his regular 100% playing uh, while he's developing his match fitness versus Callum Hudson Odoi, but mm. I mean, I mean, just just listen to the names that we've talked about in this podcast: <laughs> Ruben Loftus Cheek, yeah. Chelsea Academy, Mason Mount, Chelsea Academy, uh, Reese James, Chelsea Academy, uh, Callum Hudson Odoi. I mean. Uh, I really, we really haven't spoken on Callum Hudson Adoy, who any day now, any second now, yeah, the ink will be dry on his contract. Um, for those who don't know, let's give him a quick update because, like, as as of right now, there really isn't anything other than with with the Callum Hudson Adoy situation, other than to talk about the potential that he has with the squad, his potential with the team. Um, but his current situation is. Of all the reports, you know how things work in football. As of right yeah. now, nothing has changed. He will be signing a you know a five year contract to stay here at Chelsea Football Club. Uh, I mean, there's really no other update. I mean, you would know more than me, but as I know it, there's really no other update with Callum Hudson Odoi. Exactly. I mean, it's just a matter of time, really. I I think what it comes down to now is when he's close to fitness. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I, there could be some smart reasoning behind why I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is, but um, I think once he's closer to full fitness, that's when this deal is going to get wrapped up. Yeah. I, that's I, that's I, I the only consistent thing I've heard throughout this entire Hudson Adoy thing. And it is confusing. It really is um, <laughs> proper confusing. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the one consistency. Yeah, no, I believe that, you know, I mean, what I believe is, you know, the, my, the data and the, the the way that I'm receiving this information is through reports, videos like yours, and and and, and what Chelsea insiders have said is that uh, you know as soon as he comes back from vacation, uh, it's a it's a inevitability that he will be signing his contract. But again, like you know, next se- next summer. What are we going to be doing with William and Pedro? You know, one of the two or both will be gone next summer, yeah. starting next summer. And, it, you know, it will only be a matter of time. William just signed, what, a two-year contract? Makes sense. And um, Next summer he's gone. Next summer he's gone. By giving these guys like an extra year, yeah. that means they have a market value. Exactly. Then so. Next so, summer I mean, he's gone. But I'd be surprised. Like, again, there's been rumors. And I can't say rumors. There's been interest. That's the best word. There's been so much interest from China when it comes to William and, and Pedro over the past few seasons recently that yeah. 
one of them has to go there eventually. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised to see Pedro go to Japan like Torres via yeah. Iniesta have done. But yeah. um yeah, these guys ain't gonna be here forever. Yeah. And then that's Callum Hudson Odoi steps into that position. Um yeah. I mean hell, he's gonna he he's probably gonna be by what he if the sooner he gets to 100%, we necessarily don't know that. But as soon as he gets to 100%, he should be the starter at the very latest December. I think, yeah, I think somewhere around be, December. Not, I want yeah, to say latest, yeah. earliest. I should say somewhere around December. He's the 100% the starter week in, week out because he's good enough. Exactly. He's good enough. Um, yeah. Again, another Academy player, Andres Christensen. Andres Christensen. <laughs> Another great problem to have for Frank Lampard. You have four yeah, guys. Exactly. Rudiger, David yeah. Luiz, Christensen, Zuma. Uh, what, are, what are, you know, sticking to Christensen, what are we going to do there? Because I think out of all three, his, his, he is the one in most jeopardy, I think, out of all three. I think with Christensen, and this is like a massive criticism towards Sari. The lack of rotation, it, it, it affected his confidence. Because when yeah. I see Christensen play, there's no major faults in his game that are like consistent reasons why he, he, he like messes up. And most of the mess ups, like it could just be one or two moments in the game. It's not even that deep for me. You know, it's fancy to get over players playing to like 100%. Because if that was the case, we'd see 100% plot a pass completion 100% tackle. It's not like that. You're not yeah. going to see the perfect game because we're playing at a high level, a level where people have been training since they were eight years old, five years old to get to. So this is what I mean. We have, we got to need to have more respect for, for players in general at this level. But with Christensen, as I'm saying, it's confidence. That's all it is. And it's natural, you know, yeah. if you're playing consistently and then you lose your team due to methods are out of your hands. You know, yeah. For example, Sari just preferred Rudiger because he's aggressive and he likes that personal quality in a defender. It doesn't make Rudiger better for it. It's just something that he likes, you know? Yeah. What can Christensen do? Not much. And then that's how the psychology affects you because you've got to realize again, at this level, everything's heightened, the pressures are bigger, everything's bigger. Yeah. So it's very easy to fall in these places of like mental, I don't say mental weakness if it's a bad thing, but but you're much more fragile mentally, basically. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I look at Christensen, I see that. I think he can get over that with consistent game time and rotation. That's all Lampard has to bring in. I think it makes sense when you have a squad where the level between like the first team player and like the B player, it's not like a massive gap. So I think this is where form from a B team player could help elevate their performance I think with Christensen, more consistent game times all he needs, and that's that. Then, yeah, I I think when it comes to Christensen, what I see is I see a field general in training, yeah. like a a backline general in training. Where and when it comes to center backs, I always believe there's there's two. There's the general, and then there's the enforcer, the dog. Rudiger, yeah. if there's a fight popping off, Rudiger's the first one there. He's the dog. <laughs> like he is a hundred percent 
sent the enforcer, the dog, out of uh, you know on in the back line and in, in the in, in the dressing room, the field. Yeah. Period. Um, Zuma, the enforcer. I don't necessarily, and whether this is what he sees himself, what the players see himself, uh, see themselves, him as. I, I I don't know. This is the label that I'm putting him. He's more of an enforcer. Uh, the way he's his physicality, the way he plays, that's an enforcer to me. David Luiz, I don't see him as an enforcer. I see him more as a field general. I see him more directing the play, um, even though people don't want to give him that. Even people want to say that he's uh, he's he's a uh, he's not a good player. That he's a waste of time. I don't see yeah. that. I see I see somebody that's an excellent player, um, even with the Brazilian national team. I don't want anybody to send now message me. Oh, what about seven one against Germany and him crying? Uh, I don't want to hear about uh, that. Shit. You know how that frustrates me the most, and it, and and this really sums up David Luiz for me. He's just you know certain players you're just gonna be unlucky. Yeah, really, you know, media attention messes it up for you, and that's how it is. But th- honestly, that seven-one Brazil game was what got me into producing like football content. You know, I was starting to write during that time, and um, you know, I looked at the game. Well, the information at the time was that Scolari changed the tactical plan against Germany a few hours before the game. Yeah. Now, for me, that is absolutely crazy. And and I believe it because, um, again, I look at the Brazil team and they beat Spain in the Confederations Cup. You know, at the time, Spain were the best team in the world. The world. Yep. Brazil destroyed them 3-0. Luis played a massive part in that win. And, uh, you know, they played that way by having Neymar out wide on the left, Fred up front, you know, uh, someone in behind, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was Oscar. Now, get to the World Cup. Sorry, bro. Get to yeah. the World Cup. You see Neymar in the middle. Yep. And by playing him in the middle, yeah, for Coca-Cola and all the sponsors, you want to see Neymar play there. But if you're Fred and other players, the width's gone. And now Fred doesn't have space to use his runs now because if you're playing Neymar in the middle, you're forcing teams to just defend in the middle now, aren't you? Yep. Where's the space gone? You're playing in front of them. That was a terrible move from Scolari. And so I'm not surprised why he did that. Against Brazil, they looked like a team, but they're not that didn't know what they were doing. Yep. And I and I blame the manager for that. You know, people acting as if it's the players' qualities like Germany were that good. Listen, Germany weren't doing anything spectacular to score those goals. Nope. It was systematic, easy things. And it was clear that the players weren't well coached with this game. So this is why I just realized Scolari just yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a top job since. Yeah. Listen. He yeah, just no. failed really badly. Yep. He hasn't even worked in Brazil, I don't think, since then. So, uh, yeah, no, no, again, no. people made out that David Luiz was the sole reason why they conceded all seven goals. And, you know, during the game, the criticism that he was getting, the main critique was that because he was the captain, because Thiago yep. Silva was out, yep. he should have done better. And I'm just thinking... When you say comments like that, I'm one of those person, one of those people where if I say something like that, it means that I'm, you know, I'm going to apply it to everything because it's got to be fair. There's yep. got to be consistency. But you realize in football that certain players just won't get that same fairness or consistency. Like for me, Luis was Brazil's best defender, better yep. than Thiago Silva during that tournament. Yep. One bad game. Oh, because he's the captain. Listen, if Thiago Silva was the captain that game, no one said Same anything. thing happened. But, and, and the same thing happens. Yeah. Of course, you know. same thing happens too because it's a lot, it was Scolari and it's like yeah. people criticize Luis. Oh, you know, look at the mistake he made here or there. They were three or four nil down already. It's over. Yeah. 
who yep. cares what you're playing towards after that point? You're not going to beat Germany in 45 minutes, 5-4. It doesn't matter. All yep. you're doing is gung-ho attack because yep. that's your best bet. That's yep. what I mean by context understanding things. And I'm sorry, when I look at David Luiz, I don't really see too much mistakes in the player. I mean, yeah, maybe his weaknesses, his, his tackling technique, when it comes to like closing players down from a distance. But I think when he's quite tight and close, I think he is exceptional. I think he is our best defender. And yep. I don't know, bro, it's weird to me, man. It's like people have like their, their 90s glasses on. You know, football's <laughs> Nanny's glasses. No, 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 no. 90s, 90s. Oh, like 90s. The 90s, as if defenders are just like these brute force, uh, brute forces of nature that just defend up. Like, do you not understand that when teams attack now, it starts from the back? Yep. Like, uh, all these things just being dismissed. And if you, un- if you analyze and respect how the modern game is, how can you not see the importance in David Luiz? Like, bro, bro, you see where people will be like, listen, Luiz is a bad player, but his passing is great. And, or we'll criticize other players like Christensen because he can't pass like Luiz. So it's like, I, I guess people realize the importance, but they don't really they don't want to say realize it. just how important it is. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think with Luiz, I, I don't know. I, I Again, I, I think it's just all this media backlash over the years. That's good people's opinions. And yeah, I think it helps us because maybe this is why Luis, for some reason, never gets closed down by opposition players, really. Like, how is he able to play out from the back this easily and you don't have a striker on him? Yeah. God knows why. But I yeah. mean, that's the Premier League for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know? just uh, if we could just take, there was a famous, the what Rob Green was on the BBC the other day and he was talking about how Kepa's skills... Oh, and how yeah. how the modern game this that or the other uh yeah. you know just listen to what, what what rob green says and that's i mean i unless unless professionals unless actual pros are listening to this podcast i don't think there's yeah. very many people listening to this podcast or listening to fan content period that's going to have a better understanding of the professional premier league game exactly than an actual professional and if the professional is telling you well oh another <laughs> what's up buddy bye, bye my little boy have a great day in school i love you okay hey, love you, okay okay say hi <laughs> say hi, hi. But he's so bad, he good. <laughs> he can't he can't hear you. have a great <laughs> day in school buddy okay i love you okay <laughs> okay buddy i love you okay. all right make sure you write dad bro you know how important it is yeah for a yeah. kid to hear from their dads that i love you. oh yeah what's up buddy okay. Okay. okay oh yes buddy make sure you write so you can go treasure from the treasure box okay okay all right no crying okay. all right i love you Alrighty, so so let me let me put a little context around that. He's gonna be four at the end of the month. So in school, he uh, here in the state in, in the in the states, especially in Florida, we have something called VPK. VPK is like kindergarten light. It that literally stands okay. for voluntary pre kindergarten. So you don't have to attend these classes, but it gets little kids prepared for kindergarten where they have to color and write this, that, or the other. So in his school, he's been going to this preschool where he's going to be going to VPK during the summer. Yeah. They, even starting last year, because we, they knew he was going to VPK. They started getting him used to coloring and writing and tracing. It has been a five, like going back to, 
what January February this kid does not like writing he does not like coloring he does not like writing he hates it he cries it's been a real pain point for him so over the weekend my my cousin's son who's gonna be he's he's turned five he's already going to kindergarten he's already in vpk he writes so i got the genius idea of having uh my cousin's son teach my son how to write and the kid has been on fire he's been writing on monday monday he wrote so in school everybody's been celebrating that he's been learning how to trade writing and tracing his name and coloring that he's been getting uh stickers and he got to pick out of the uh treasure box which was some like uh optimus prime like uh like sunglasses or whatever like that so he's super he's hyped now that he's going to school and he's writing so that's why the whole uh, make sure you write don't cry this that or the other thing so mm-hmm. uh, dad life dad life dad life man. Dad but again, life. It's, it's important for like a young kid to hear from their dad that i love you because yeah. i think that's like it gives like a kid that confidence that they can just like ride out yeah. until they get older you know yeah and it's like one of them ones where it's like i wasn't really hearing that type of stuff when i was young you know what i mean not that yeah. i'm like upset by an hour or anything like that yeah but i mean it, it's just nice to know that obviously you know you're down for your kids like that man yeah well i mean and quite honestly and 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 it's i've never really sh- like had a, I, I just never really shared why i end every single podcast with you know i got your back with the message of i got to all the people listening to the show i got your back and i love you it's because you know for two reasons one Bro, you know how crazy it is that I'm recording a podcast. I'm recording something from a room in my house with a dude 4,000 miles away through the power of the internet. And then I'm going to upload it on the internet and somebody (laughs) else is going to hear it that is nowhere near. Like that idea is crazy. And for you to take time out of your day to listen to me bro like and you're not even related to me god damn that's crazy and i love you for it and then the second part of it is like you know if you're supporting me like that if you're writing for me like that then i'm gonna ride for you like that as well and whatever how crazy my idea is bro like if you have a crazy idea if you're down if you're doing something positive as long as it's positive like i'm writing for you too and i got your back and you know, I, I, I end every podcast like that for those reasons. And another reason too, like, bro, not everybody gets that type of support in their everyday life, in their real yeah. life. And not everybody has somebody in their corner that's telling them like, bro, let's go. Let's hustle. I believe in you. And most importantly, I love you. Like, not everybody hears that, man. And and not to sound like all cliche and corny and shit like that, that, that oh, I'm very important. No, 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 no. It's not about yeah. that. It's just that, like, there's some people in their life, they don't hear. I got your back. They don't hear. I love you. And if I'm that person one day, like, fuck it, whatever. It, it is what it is. I truly yeah. do love you for the reasons that I've stated and also because we're human beings, bro. Like, sometimes it's good to hear that, man. You know, so that yeah. you know that's that's my energy like the, that i bring to the podcast and it's in it's the energy that i bring to my my own son i got his back no matter what man nah that's it man that's it man. Yep. yeah man it's, it's good that uh you know we can do this it is kind of crazy when you it is you crazy consider that you know we're like from different parts of the world right now yep. getting this content built like for, for people that don't know 
Christian's been up since early hours of this morning because obviously the time difference between five twenty. I got up. Yeah, five twenty. So this is the type of dedication that goes into producing content like this because you know how often are you guys getting up? Sorry, I'm not shouldn't even be saying it like that. You're you're like edit this part out, right? Uh, no, I don't edit anything. But let it run, let it run because you know what? Don't don't hold it back. It's not it's not how often. It's it's again what we were just talking about. I got it, I got it. Don't worry. It's what we were just talking about. This idea is crazy to me. Yeah, that two people are gonna get together to have a conversation uh, uh, for others to enjoy and. I, this is a crazy idea to 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 podcast. So, what to and it's 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 be, being a content creator is what I aspire to be and aspire to do for the rest of my life, and I'm dedicated to it. And part of the dedication is, yeah, you got to wake up at fucking five o'clock in the morning. So that's what I got to do. What for the listeners? If you have a dream or whatever it is, you got to hustle. You got to grind. So if you got to wake up at five, you got to wake up at five. If you got to wake up at four and you got to stay up until 12, which is what I did the other day. Uh That's what you have to do. And it's not and it's not like you have to do that. So then you can turn around and go to work or do whatever you live in your life and say, oh, well, I'm more motivated and dedicated to you than you because I was up at five. You know, I got such and such brownie points for today. No, man, it's like. I am dedicated yeah. to what I'm doing and you have to do what you got to do. Like you have to suffer, you have to grind and it is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so, uh, 100%, man. And that's like inspiration for all you guys to, you know, we live in a world now where these platforms are open. So if you've got, like a passion or dedication whatever it might be you like to exactly. fucking finger paint and and and, and you you want to be a world famous you know finger painter or you have like some crazy top dancer or or crazy art or maybe you're coming up with an app or maybe you're an artist or maybe you're you know like maybe you 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 have the craziest idea that you work for a company that has two thousand people in it and one day you want aspire to be the ceo of that company that's crazy I believe you you can do it like like as long as you hustle and you grind you can get there like or or damn near it you know Mm, so that that is what it is it's it's, this is but then again this is the 100 percent 100 percent this is the all-american chelsea podcast not the all-american motivation and this is how you should live your life podcast like you know like that's just an insight hold on shut up Jesus Christ, you know, and then you have you 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 hustle and grind to make sure that you have elite uh, as close to elite content, and then you, you get sabotaged by your own goddamn dogs yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want some shine too? It's like, this guy ain't take me out for a walk, yeah. <laughs> goddamn right dogs. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, but I, I guess again. Uh, getting back to the podcast, sticking to with the academy, and, and we'll uh, round off on this one. Tammy Abraham. I think this guy right now has the opportunity of a lifetime, an opportunity of a lifetime. The likes the not even. I mean, we're talking about Ruben Loftus Cheek. Not even Ruben Loftus Cheek has had this type of opportunity. Hell, you look at what Callum Hudson Adoy went through last year. Tammy Abraham was literally through the circumstances pretty much damn near given a starting position right off rip. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, 
he has an opportunity to capitalize on that starting position the, the likes that at least at Chelsea haven't been seen before yeah you know so w- w- Tammy talk to me uh, how do you th- I, how, how, me, what do you me. think <laughs> He's, he's first thing for me, man. He is. I just think, uh, you know, I did, a, I did a video where I just broke down the tactics of, of Tammy Abraham and what he brings to the team. And, you know, it's that lateral movement, you know, it's, it's finding space, exploiting spaces, creating overloads. You need that when you have a team where midfield players are going to have a goal threat. Yeah. And that's the big advantage he has over both the strikers. Yeah, Mitchell's good in the books. But. That's all he is. You know, Misha. I don't see him developing his overall game to get to that point. You know, he's still breaking down too many moves. Sometimes he's, uh, you know, he doesn't really complement what happens in the final third because he's just thinking about scoring stuff. And which is okay. You know, he's a great finisher. He really is both footed. Giroud, hold up play, fantastic. Um, heading great. You know, plays people in quite well. Yeah. But I think Tabby can do a bit of everything. Yep. But his movement is much better. And I think one of the reasons why we're looking so fluid on the counter attack, because we've always been a team that have been quite wasteful on the counter. Like we, we look like we're going to do sign, but then we don't really do anything from counter attacks. You know what I mean? Yep. So far this preseason, there's a lot more uh, methodology behind the counter attacks. Now it looks like there's a structure by how we do it. And, um, I think a big factor why we look so fluid comes down to the individuals playing in the system. So uh, for me, Tammy is important for that for that main reason, really. Yeah, I look at I look at Tammy and exactly the way you say he does a a, a little bit of what Giroud does and a little bit of what Mishi does, um, and yeah. he, he looks like the best of both worlds, uh, or I should you know, say, you know a combination is? of both worlds. Exactly. You you know you know what. You, you get like your vegetable players. You know what I mean? Yeah, listen, we don't, we don't like eating our vegetables. Yeah, we, no one likes it. Ideally, we love to eat all, all the shit food we can. Yeah. Because it, it tastes good. You know what I mean? And of course, you do need to, your vegetables for that roughage and it helps. And I think guys like Tammy, yeah, listen, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not as sexy to watch maybe. But they provide that nutrition for the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see. The, the team need that sustenance. And, yeah. And his runs and his movement and his selflessness and his pressing is the sustenance that will get the best out of this team. Yeah. I see. Um, I see with Mishi, I, I think, I don't know how. It, what game was it? Should have been sold. We can't get rid of him. It's yeah. <laughs> with Mishi, I see. You know what yeah. it is though. With Mishi, I see that he puts himself in two positions where he's not. He's he's not he's not the the guy for that. If yeah. he has the ball in his feet and he needs to bring that ball down, like down the pitch, there's a better man for that. You don't need to be touching that ball. Like, yeah. he's not that guy. And he puts himself in position where he needs to dribble, do skill moves. You're not that guy. You are yeah. the guy. If if we have a uh, it's if a situation pops off, Mishi is not the getaway driver. Mishi Mishi is the shooter. All right, like yeah. that's what I need you to do. Be the shooter. You're not the getaway driver. We're all gonna get caught <laughs> and go course. to jail if you're the driver. <laughs> Don't be the driver. Be the be the shooter. Okay, and that's who Mishi. Like yeah. in the, the yeah. terrible comparison, a horrible comparison. I, I like it. I did like but, it. And it, but it makes sense though. Yeah. But yeah, like everybody has a role in in in. in too often that Mishi gets because it's just part of the play like you play with 
I mean, the, the ball comes to you. The same way that I used to hate when Diego Costa would do this shit where he would get the ball and then he would go to the corner of the box to try yeah. to hold up the play. Like, like, what are you doing? You, he, he, you're not he, that he guy. Can, like, hold the ball for like 10 seconds. Exactly. And, 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 and he'd let like the opposition barge into him and it felt so unnecessary. Like, yeah. You know, you're, you're not that guy. This right now? You're, you're yeah. not that guy. Yeah. You are the goal scorer and you're the guy, you know, you're the enforcer to beat people up, to score four goals and get a red card. That's like the ultimate perfect game for Diego Costa. The same way Mimishi. Like, you're the shooter, you're the box, you're the guy that, you know, when, when your center back heads the ball in and it hits off the post and then your right back gets it and he squares it into the box. You're the guy that you know puts the ball in the back of the net so Chelsea yeah. Football Club can win the 2016-2017 Premier League trophy. Yeah. That's your role. You're the role yeah. to come in at the last second at Atletico Madrid and put the ball in the back of the net, you know, to it squirts out and you put it. That's you. Yeah. So, if we can if Frank can find a way to set this team up to explain the tactics to Mishi that you're that guy, I think we'll see him develop in a better light you know what i'm saying yeah of course of you course and uh, so. yeah i mean it's good that we're both in that same uh like we both have the same opinion when it comes to to tammy and yeah you know when it comes to the other strikers if they aren't doing what they're best at what else are they bringing to the table yeah and that's how i see it and um i think with tammy when he realizes age too you know we, we keep dismissing these these guys age and it's like yeah. at this age we don't know what he's going to be like if he's 24 26 27 i mean we've, we've when you look at world-class players how many world-class players are players that were seen as the best thing since academy days and they go on to fulfill their potential a handful of them yeah and that's how you know that these guys are the very best because it's hard to literally get by on pure talent and for everyone to realize that and give you the platform to grow. Yeah. But for every other top player, it was hard work, right clubs at the right time, so yep. many variables and factors. And it's just like, um, you know, if you have the environment and the platform, that's how you can cultivate this. So this is why I feel really excited by all the prospects we have for this season, because the environment now is ready for cultivation, you know? And, um, yeah. you know, Tammy might be a Brooklyn right now, or that little acorn seed. <laughs> but by the time he gets older, this guy is going to be some tree that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, I didn't know, I didn't know how to end that one. So yeah. you got to just move on quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's sit here. Let's sit here for a minute. Uh huh. We're all yeah. sitting, we're all sitting in the awkwardness. Let's breathe it in. Exactly, okay, now exactly. we can move on. <laughs> finally, finally. It made it more awkward by just saying that, but, uh, but thanks for that. Uh, uh, no worries. No worries. That's yeah. what I'm here for, man. I'm here exactly. to make it awkward, to make it weird. Oh, man. So I guess to end it off the podcast, um, at the end of this, we're talking about, in May, we're talking about a starting 11 that has played together um, for a good part of the season of... Christensen, Tammy, Mason Mount, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and Reese James. That's six out of the starting 11 um, in the first team. Starting, I shouldn't say starting 11, but my, the, what I mean is six out of the first team. Um, who is Tamori staying? 
Or did he leave? Um, um it, it makes sense for him to get a loan. Yeah, I think yeah. if he stays, it'll be a peak, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, but either way, so moving forward, the academy, that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see the academy players getting an yeah. opportunity to shine so we can know what we can. We can stop with this. We have the best academy of the world and actually nobody knows it. Like, we can stop yeah, with this. Yeah. We can start answering those questions. But we can legit be in a in a re- very real situation where those guys are starting. We have six mm-hmm. guys starting from the academy, okay? Moving forward, Nini FC, what do you see? What is your season prediction? Like, we already know what May's going to look like, where we have we potentially have six of the starting 11 playing under yeah. a Chelsea legend, Frank Lampard. <laughs> Um, six, six of the eleven being academy players playing under Frank Lampard. But before yeah. we get to May, from August what thirteenth to May, what is your, what do you foresee the season looking like? I see top four finish. Okay, I, and I see, I see that, and I see a lot of memorable effort throughout the season. Okay, it might not lead towards the success we want, but I do think that. We'll finish the season feeling confident for the next, knowing that, okay, with a handful of acquisition, with this team that is only going to get better as the years go on, I'm hoping that fans will finally realise why a lot of us have felt that this model and direction for the club was always the best one and we should have done it much sooner. So I, I kind of see it being that season. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot of pride in the performances so the fans can feel it, the fans can realise, wow, you know what? These academy guys, we haven't given an opportunity to, haven't been fair with. Look at how they've been playing. Look at the passion. These guys are only going to get better too, you know? The manager's only going to get better. Everyone's only going to get better. And then we've got money on top of that because of, you know, this is what I mean. I mean, we, we, we haven't been in a better position than this. Now, of course, there could be hypotheticals that we get bottom 10. I don't see that happening because, you know, I know Eden Hazard's not here, not here. But now he, he we can move away from Since being when? FC. He accepts it. He's gone. No. He's wearing white. You know, no. Him no. no. It's, it's not gonna happen. It's no. not gonna happen. But what I'm saying is what I'm saying is the pride is hopefully gonna come back in the performances and um I'm just excited for this season. I'm just excited that every game now, even the, the, the small games like one, maybe like a game versus like, I don't know, uh Aston Villa or something, you know? Now mm-hmm. that's going to mean more because every game is going to be a game where the team will slowly improve and get better mm-hmm. game in, game out. So like, bro, it's a season I've been wanting to see for a few years now. Yeah, I know that it's not going to be, you know, tons of trophies and success, but, you know, football's not always about that, you know? And uh, again, I just want to see a young group of guys grow and become the next leaders for this club. That's it for me. All right, everybody, we're going to end it with that because I can't, I can't sum it up um, any better than that. Um, I'm in 100% agreement. I think that we are, to use a very famous phrase from Jose Mourinho, we are a little horse that's about to get a ton of milk right now, yeah. and you know. The future looks bright. The future can, if provided that we get the right milk and the right training, this the future of this little horse can be bright as fuck. So exactly, Nini FC, give me the name of your YouTube channel. For you guys, I don't know. YouTube channel is called Blue Lions TV. Not Lion, as an L I N E. So many people think that. 
blue lions as in like you know you know in the in the savannah the mascot you know, of the his, club exactly he's got that perch there he's got the female lions getting his free that's what i'm talking about lion you know the main yep. and everything yep. blue lions tv if you go if you guys want to find me on social media twitter at nini fc um there's an instagram i'm not using i'll, I'll find some use for it but um yeah they're, they're the best two places to find me uh hunt you heard the man everybody this is the end of the interview uh, all right everybody your boy's back uh thank you again to my brother to the man to uh my friend um nini for coming onto the podcast uh bro like me and that guy can talk every day for hours uh, about what, about what whatever we talk about you guys don't need to be knowing about what we talk about just know that we talk about shit all right so i want to thank him again for coming on to the podcast guys a lot a lot a lot a lot of exciting content coming up soon um and i can't wait for you guys to hear it i'm gonna keep the outro kind of short uh seeing how this was a long podcast um for you guys to enjoy to get you hyped up and get you ready for the, our very first match in the premier league this sunday 11 30 new york standard time 3 30 if you're in the uk and uh do the math for wherever you are at in this beautiful world um that's it that's all i got oh before i go i'm ending this podcast with a person with a song you guys know i always end all started in my songs my podcast for reason for with music and the music i choose it for a specific reason i'm ending this song today and i'm not i'm gonna try not to talk too much over it um by by a, uh it's called kids and it's by rich brian Rich Brian, if you guys know the meme lord, the, the he became famous on uh, on Vine for doing comedy. Then he had, came out with the the fire song that stick, and you know he's been on fire since then. He came out with a song off of his new album, The Sailor, which is great. Uh, what is going on? Even at the end of my podcast interruptions interruptions okay so at least say hi at least say hi hi louder so come here come here nobody you've never introduced yourself to the show everybody this is my wife she's introducing herself to the show say hi say hi it's dude, nobody's here just say hello <laughs> hi anything else you want to say how do you how does it how is it being married to uh me that's a whole episode on its own oh my god <laughs> i get are we gonna do an episode of the podcast one day i mean if it has anything to do with soccer probably not then you're never going on to the podcast <laughs> back to the show everybody get your ass out of here nobody wants to hear from you i love you hey, what are we eating okay Anyways, so he came out with the song Rich uh it's called Kids by Rich Brian. I want you guys to listen to the words. Listen to what he's talking about. Hey, bro, this song, this dude's rise is absolutely motivation music, hustle music. 
it's it it speaks to what exactly what i end the podcast with and it's the perfect song to end this podcast guys listen to me just like i said in the episode whatever you guys aspire and dream to do it's gonna be fucking crazy it's gonna be crazy to those who are around you to those who know you it's gonna sound crazy to them it might sound crazy to them unless you're you know whatever but point i'm trying to make it's gonna sound crazy it's gonna be hard you need to hustle you need to grind that's a given but believe in yourself believe in yourself and you know the second person that's believing you after you believing in you is me i believe in you you could do it man you could do it and man i use it into you know into for both genders or all please let's not go down that road okay whoever you are if you're a human being i believe in you as long as you're a human being, I believe in you. You could do whatever you want, man. You could do whatever you want because I believe in you. I trust you. I know you. I, I know you're going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. I got your back. And most importantly, I love you. I love each and every single one of you. Thank you so much to each and every single one of you for riding, for supporting, for, for being there for the crazy shit that I'm doing. Okay, I love each and every single one of you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Let's all get motivated, get hyped, get, 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 you know, let's go, man. Sunday, the very first game, Chelsea Football Club under, under Frank Lampard. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The future is so bright for us. The future is so bright amongst all the negative shit that's surrounding this club. Let's not forget why we love this club and what why we love this club. It's what happens between the lines, man. I fucking love you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Big kiss. Mwah. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you. Have a great day. Your boy's out. I haven't started, man. These are just the before pictures. Shout out my parents. My mother gave birth to four winners. I love the players and the game. It's always called benches. Been in the studio. I forgot how to sleep. Not trying to make an album. They forget about in a week. They said the fruit never gonna fall far from the tree. I used to be the kid. Now the kids want to be me. Tripping by my future like way before there was cameras. Hella plans on my calendar before I went on professional. Less social trust. Man, these people making me cynical. More copycats and less people sounding original. Same destination, we just took different routes Fuck being one of the greatest, I'm trying to be the greatest one I ain't saying I ain't grateful for everything I've become But the throne looks more comfortable than this chair I'm sitting on My name is Brian Cole, bars is what I'm known for If my vision ain't scared of me, then I don't go for it Remember my first days here when it was all foreign Now I'm on TV with James Corden, that shit was crazy Just got a place with a backyard, I feel amazing Nothing can get between me and the dreams I'm chasing Ain't got the time for party yeah, no more getting wasted Unless you got the 1942 Man, then get the chaser You hating on me, but you know I got it You big in your city I'm the king of a continent These rappers trying to make the trending topic Why the state of music going south But I don't even want to talk about it Let's talk about it Nah, let's talk about it Before all these folks decide it's cool to give a fuck about it Everyone's trying to make hits I'm just trying to make music You know the kind of makes you feel when you listen to it I'm the youngest shot, I don't need more attention You writing some bullshit, I write the lyrics meant for the captions I'm making songs that are probably outlive us for generations Started off as the sailor, look at me, now I'm the captain I won't lie 
this shit is fun Tell these Asian kids they could do what they want Might steal the mic at the Grammys just to say we won That everyone can make it, don't matter where you from Can't forget about the day that Sean called me Talking about a vision called 88 That he's dreaming, man, I love him like a brother Every fall we gon' recover Just a man with a vision who mastered and causing trouble Man, I can't see the finish line Fall back, fall back I ain't fucking around this time The guy know he created a legend in 99 Fuck pretending on the track Man, I mean every single line Touchdown, never holding back Shining like some buzz down Sailing around without a map Been the underdog Now it's time to let me quarterback Killing shit in uncharted territories Man, this shit get hella going Whole country of people proud So I'll never worry Glad you're sitting through the credits Man, this is my story The type of shit that made me cry When I recorded This is the type of shit That still gon' make me proud Even when I'm 40 R.I.P. Nipsey R.I.P. Matt These inspirations always gon' motivate me to rap Let's celebrate their lives And the people that they impact the marathon continues, ain't no way we looking back Amazon Prime flow, you know I always deliver We cross oceans for a chance just to feel something better Generations to sacrifice that we'll always remember Is that circle of life shit, they hold me up like I'm Simba They told me I ain't welcome, I'm here to stay in my visa set So just wait and see who songs they gon' blast up in their headphones Come back like every couple years to destroy like tornadoes Victorious tropical flow coming straight from Indo These plants only grow to just get cut and disposed They spotlight is dim in my future so bright that it glows You want the blueprint for one possible I'll let it show Remember when Fox said The concrete grows a rose